Hey church, thanks for joining us again today for a special episode all about dating. This is part two of our dating series. Nate and Christina Holdridge, along with our good friend Tate Brown, are here to answer some of your questions when it comes to building relationships uh, with a love interest that you might have. Today we're talking about physical and emotional boundaries. How to get to know someone within the context of community and what are the effects of sex within a dating relationship these are doozies of questions we have some great responses with some great biblical rootings in them and we just pray that these topics these questions these responses are a blessing to you and to your relationship so let's get right into this conversation right now So what are some sort of boundaries that we should have in place while dating? Again, I'm, I'm just thinking with the church purity culture coming off of all those things of like, there's always been these rules, these unspoken and spoken rules within the church of what uh, dating should look like in regards to boundaries. I think we definitely should touch on the purity boundaries, but I think also just like you guys were talking about dating in groups, you know, being around other people, having... I'm thinking about having some character witnesses of that person. And mm-hmm. so what do you guys think are some good boundaries to be in place while dating? Hmm. Well, I can start with just some scriptural, like some basic scriptural boundaries that we want to make sure that we're holding to mm. that, uh, you know, probably need to be said yeah. in the times that we're, we're in. But, you know, the Bible is very clear. It teaches the, the ideal for, for human sexuality, God's intention if we engage in intimacy is that it would be between a man and a woman in a lifelong covenanted uh, relationship to each other. So what that means is that anything outside of that is not our best for human, not God's best for us for human flourishing. It doesn't do the good things in us that uh, it can do for us inside the context of marriage. Not saying that there, there can't be difficulties for a married couple that certainly can be a possibility because we're just fallen, broken people and we've all had experiences and been exposed to things that have just kind of mucked up the waters of sexuality in mm-hmm. our lives. So we're going to have to go through the kind of work that we need to go through to have a healthy life of intimacy if we get married. But that's definitely a scriptural boundary that you don't want to cross. You don't want to have sex with the person that you're dating. That's not purity culture. That might be one of the messages that purity culture would uh, speak, but that's just scripture. That's just the Bible. I love what Julie Slattery said about, you know, the idea of how far can I go with somebody that I'm dating? And she just had that word of uh, real practical wisdom. Like, well, if you break up with this person, the things that you do with them, will they make you feel awkward or any sort of way around their spouse when they do get married. You kind of want to keep it at that level where you're okay with the way that you treated them and stewarded them really in a lot of ways. They're not yours. So they belong to the Lord. You need to steward that relationship really uh, well. So there's that biblical, you know, sexual boundary that's not of course all that's being asked but it's probably a really big part of the question you know and for us you know we were dating in the early you know aughts and you know came up during the 90s and the 
purity culture, you know, kind of time and purity conferences and all that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but for us, I don't think it was ever really about that. It was just like, dude, there's best practices yeah. that we got to put in place that since scripture is asking these things of us and since we know who we are, we're yeah. fallen, broken people. We're not mm-hmm. perfect. We're, we experience temptation we, and you know, there comes a point where you're like, we're in this relationship partly because we're attracted to each other. Right. So we know the potential is there for crossing a line that we don't want to cross. And so, um, putting in best practices, you know, was really important for us. That didn't mean that we were never alone or yeah. anything like that. It's just that, you know, we were alone in places that the temptation wasn't going to be super heavy. You know, right. when you're in a restaurant, it's like, there's just certain, <laughs> like I'm in public, yeah. you know, so <laughs> yes. we're not really alone, you know, kind of thing. But I just wasn't going to hang out in her apartment. She wasn't going to hang out in my apartment. That was just kind of like a no go kind of right. thing because we just knew it wasn't about even, I mean, it was a little bit about appearances and stuff like that, but it's more just about practical wisdom that we wanted to, you know, be careful around mm-hmm. each other. Yeah. And, you know, obviously with all of this, and I should also say this, you know, with all of this, there will be people who they had those intentions and they still, you know, failed and, sure. mm-hmm. you know, compromised and, uh, you know, either didn't get married or eventually did get married, but God has grace for you. God is a redeemer. God can work through all that kind of stuff, but it's important. I think I've met a lot of people over time who have just, instead of saying, uh, man, I, I need to, I needed to confess that. And that was an issue and I shouldn't have gone there and I'm thankful for God's grace and that he can restore me. Their attitude has been more like, well, whatever, it's fine. Mm. And Mm. we got married anyways, or, you know, whatever. And that, that just kind of closes you off to the work of the Lord in your life in the future. Cause he, you know, he saw that he wants to deal with that. He wants to help you through that. He wants to forgive and give you grace and Mm -hmm. help you, you know, process it and redeem it and everything, but it was not an ideal start. So it's good to really deal with that with the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's just one kind of boundary. Yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking we're talking about boundaries. It's like, um, like with a lot of things in life, if, if you don't have a real reverence for the Lord, a real fear for the Lord, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a real confidence that what his word says is best for us is actually what's best for us. And if you don't love your neighbor, meaning the person that you're dating, um, the way that the, like if you don't have a respect and love for them, then any one of these like quote unquote boundaries is just going to be so, it's just, that's not going to be the thing that's going to contain you because you don't really love the Lord. So you don't really respect his word. So you don't really, and I'm not saying if you fail or you struggle in these areas, you don't love the Lord. I'm saying the boundary is not what's going to keep you like is, is not the thing that's going to retain you. It's really going to be like, do I, I, I'm trying to please the Lord with my life. I'm trying to please the Lord with how I treat my brother or sister in Christ that I'm intentionally dating right now. Like if that, that heart isn't there, then the boundaries that we're going to like say are like good practices for dating it's really kind of silly and pointless just like somebody who's 
struggling with maybe like pornography, like if there, if there isn't a reverence for the Lord, if there isn't a love for God and for his people, then like, it doesn't matter how many lockdowns and controls you have on every device, you're going to find a way to compromise because you're not, your, your heart isn't really striving for the Lord. So, um, I just think that it's really important in boundaries to think like, why are we setting up these boundaries? What's the point? It's because I love God. I believe his word is what's best for me. And I want to love this person well, because I may or I may not be married to them in the future. So how do I treat them with like the best respect? That's why I loved what Julie Slattery said there. Yeah. Um, What else was I thinking about what you said? Yeah. I don't know. I've had friends that have had boundaries like from the onset, like they're going to, they say like, we're not going to kiss until we're engaged. Uh Right. And then they kiss. And then it's like, well, we changed the boundary and now it's, we're not going to kiss longer than whatever, you know, whatever Uh the boundary is. Set a timer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I've always wondered about that. Like, um, what would you guys say to that person? Like they do have good intentions and then it seems like they're shifting it. And I guess it would come back to what you were saying, Christina. Like, do you fear the Lord? <laughs> Are you trying to be holy? Are you trying to be righteous? Are you trying yeah. to be pure? But I do think that happens more often than not, where a couple will start out in the light and with good intentions, but slowly over time, as their dating relationship continues, it gets harder and harder to have those boundaries and that's mm-hmm. yeah so and so they change their boundaries they change their boundaries because yeah. there's like are you yeah because you're not saying like yes we we've all made a commitment to something and then right. not followed through on that commitment yeah you know so if it's a boundary in the dating relationship like compromised but right. then you're saying instead of going back to that boundary that they set they change the boundary they yeah. move the line over to here mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm so what would we say to that? Yeah, or, I, or I'm just thinking like if you're, if, because I've been in that situation where I was asked to hold, you know, ask the questions, hold someone okay. accountable. Yeah. And so when I bring it up, like, well, your boundary was this. They're like, it's, but it's really, we thought kissing was going to be an issue, but it's not an issue, you know, <laughs> whatever it is. So I just always, I personally haven't had to, I haven't dated like in a serious relationship in a few years. So I'm just trying to think like the last time I did it was in Bible college. So there was kind of like rules set up for us. Like you couldn't hold hands. You couldn't kiss all these things. So I'm just like, I don't know what I would, how I would navigate that now if I, yeah, I guess I would always have to be coming back to my convictions with the Lord and making sure I'm keeping the Lord at the center and also keeping myself in the light with the people that are, I'm asking to hold me accountable, whether it be mentors or friends. Um, But just being really, have, not having boundaries for rules sake. So thinking yeah. that I'm going to be a better Christian if I don't kiss while I'm dating. Right. But if that's my conviction because I've spent time with the Lord and that's what I feel like he's asked me to do, you know, honoring that conviction that I yeah. have. Or, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, this can be a real area where you, you start seeing the character of the person that you're dating. Mm. Because when two people have the fear of the Lord, like Christina is talking about, then, you know, they might adjust a boundary here or there, but there's not going to be a wholesale talking themselves into something that is just straight up unbiblical or unwise. But 
you just mm. don't want to be in a relationship where one person just doesn't have those convictions mm-hmm. because these are Bible convictions. So yeah. if they don't have those convictions, that means Jesus isn't the Lord of their lives. Yeah. So you just don't want to be in that kind of relationship. So when, when one person is saying, I think it's okay to cross this line, I think it's okay to do this or that, then that's those are real big red flags. And that's what you're looking for in a dating mm-hmm. relationship. You're just yeah. looking for, is this someone I can proceed with or is this someone I cannot proceed with? And mm-hmm. to me, when when someone is willing to build their lives in a way that is contrary to the clear teaching of scripture, then that is a major issue. You should run away. You should yeah. see that as a non-starter. This is not where I want to go. This is not what I want to want to be. But I think I'd also just say like, you know, I mean, we keep coming back to uh, sexuality, uh, intimacy, mm-hmm. that kind of part of temptation when we talk about boundaries. It, uh, apparently, none of us are thinking like, you know, we really got to encourage people like, don't get a joint bank account <laughs> or like, you know, like these are obvious boundaries that you should not cross. But I don't yeah. think that's really what people are struggling with as yeah. Christians. It's just really hard in the dating kind of world as it is as it currently stands, there's going to be so much pressure to enjoy the other person physically mm-hmm. way before the time. The Bible says, do not stir up love before, before the proper places. time. Yeah. And, you know, you've got to keep that perspective. The Bible says, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 1, now concerning matters about which you wrote, it's good for a man not to have sexual relations with a woman, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Now, the Bible says a lot more about sex than just those two verses. Even in this chapter, there's a lot more there. But part of my answer would be one boundary that you could have is don't date forever. That's yeah. a really difficult mm. situation you're putting yourself in. You're going to be drawn to this person. There's going to be a longing to know them in that kind of way. So this mentality that I've got to date forever or be engaged forever, mm. I mean, obviously you can make the error on the other side of things, but uh, it doesn't take years and years to figure out whether someone is marriage material or yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And so don't set yourself up for failure by extending this relationship for so long where this there's this thing that you're going to have an intense God-given desire to do that you can't exercise yet because you haven't made that covenant to each other. Right. Yeah. I think if you like pan out, if we're talking about boundaries, but you pan out to the bigger picture, the bigger picture is why are we dating? Yeah, <clears throat> because boundaries is just this like practical part of a dating relationship, an important practical part. But like if you pan out and you go, OK, what is the purpose of dating? Well, if the purpose of dating is to eventually discover if this person, if you want to marry or marry this person or if you can imagine being married to this person or if you can imagine lifelong commitment with this person in marriage, like if that is the purpose of dating, then. I know that the physical part of a relationship is exciting and very tempting and all of that, but it really, it really like clouds the figuring out if this is the right person for me part of the relationship. And that is the big thing that's supposed to be happening in dating. And so when the physical relationship is there to like really 
a very strong degree at all, it just clouds our judgment, whether we're more attached to the person or whether that becomes the focus of our time or whether that becomes the majority of how we spend our time, which can be like a snowball effect, right? Like it starts out with smaller compromises, bigger, bigger, bigger in the physical relationship. But if it, then our judgment is clouded and our time is spent engaging with them physically and, and missing all of the, like, is this the right actual person for me? And so I think that helps when you're thinking about like, okay, well then practically what kind of boundaries do I need? I think you need boundaries that prevent that from happening. I think you Mm -hmm. need boundaries that prevent the snowball effect in physical touch. I think you need boundaries that prevent your judgment being clouded by having had physical experiences that make you so attached to this person that you can't make, um, logical and like thoughtful decisions about the personal dynamic you have with this person and their personality and your respect for them. So I think that that's a good way to think about some of the boundaries that you would draw. Like, well, what would, what kind of physical interactions are going to lead me to the direction of my judgment being clouded or the majority of our time becoming spent on physical touch (laughs) rather than learning about each other Mm -hmm. mentally, emotionally. And I think designing all this with somebody that you respect their walk with the Lord and just talking it through would probably be a great thing to do Mm -hmm. just quickly, you know, other kind of boundary things. I think there's probably some time boundaries, like just looking at how Mm. much of your time is uh, invested in this relationship. Mm -hmm. Are you neglecting and have our boundaries being blown through with other relationships that you have where you just, your friendships, your, uh, your, um, you know, mentee or mentor or like ministry relationship, Mm -hmm. they're all suffering greatly as a result of this. I mean, Anybody who's in the infatuation stage, you're going to have the temptation to just be with that person all the time. But mm-hmm. you just got to make sure that there's a boundary that it doesn't become an all-consuming fire that just destroys every other relationship that's in your life. Mm-hmm. I think there's also priority boundaries, you know, that you, it, what you want is to kind of emulate a little bit what you want married life to be like. So in marriage, we still have priorities, things that we want to get done in life, things that are important to us. Mm -hmm. We have a conviction about, we are not the exclusive priority of each other. As much as we love each other and enjoy each other, it's not only about our relationship. There's stuff we're trying to get done for Jesus. And so we got to keep that mentality and focus even in the dating kind of world. I think that's a great uh, boundary. And then of course there's just boundaries with, uh, things that are unacceptable that they might do to you. So right. a manipulation mm-hmm. or abuse, verbal or otherwise, these are just like boundaries that like you cross those. It's just like, it's over, you yeah. know, yeah. don't, you don't want to engage in that. But, you know, if we were sitting here talking with the person who's asking this kind of question, I'm sure we just have so many follow up mm-hmm. things yeah. to ask them about and really just have a good godly kind of, conversation about how to like design it for their situation right yeah I think it's good to remember because culture would have us believe kind of what you were touching on Christina like that engaging in sex 
with the other person is going to let me know this person better. It's going to let me fully understand them and make that decision, that commitment for marriage. That is such a lie from the enemy. And, you know, Nate's teaching about dating. It's called exile dating because it's going to look different than the world's and it needs to look different than the world's. And, um, so like your boundaries are going to be odd to to the world and they're not going to make sense. And it is going to feel kind of like navigating, uh, water alone in a a little bit, you know, but that's a good thing to have different boundaries in the world. And, um, I think you guys could tell us like, it's not an issue, you know, like it's, it's not, I think Christians tend to believe like, or not Christians, sorry, the world tends to believe like if I don't engage in this way, how could I possibly know if I'm going to enjoy this person for the rest of my life? Yeah, it, actually, I would argue it, it would make you uh, make a worse decision. Right. Because it clouds your judgment. Yeah. I mean, there's stuff just the way God designed us as human beings. There are there are chemicals and hormones that get released through that experience that glue you together with that person. It mm-hmm. it It's like God's design to yeah. just bond you to that person in a special way yeah and so if you're not committed to each other in marriage yet you're it's like an artificial bond that is being created that actually dilutes and clouds your judgment to be able to see that person clearly without engaging them that way you're able to have a more um a a separate look kind of step back and Mm -hmm. say this is really what i'm dealing with rather than all of the stuff that kind of gets attached once you enter into that relationship. Again, it's not that it's irredeemable or that God can't work through if you've, you know, failed in this area, but just, you know, you got to confess it to the Lord and then get help to get back on the right track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point, Tay, of like what the world says, the, the world definitely says that. And, and, and the culture around us, it's like, we got to see if we have chemistry, mm-hmm. we got to see if, you know, we, uh, if we're attracted to each other in this way, or if this is going to work out physically. And, um, I mean, at the end of the day, you just have to come back to like, well, God's word says don't. Yeah. (laughs) And God, God, everything God says is good and true and more good and true and wise than anything the world is going to put out there that especially if they're opposing. So I have to have confidence in God's word over the messages of this culture and believe Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean and that's part of like some of the fallout of like purity culture and all of that some of the fall it doesn't mean that then you get married and like your physical relationship is just like always on fire always easy not complicated not full of maybe hurt or things you have to work through it doesn't mean that it's not a guarantee that if you don't engage physically with each other when you're dating that then when you get married, everything's going to work out perfectly, but you still are working in trust that this is what God's word says is best. So I'm going to trust that this is what God, that God knows what's better for me than what the culture around me is telling me. And I'm going to work towards freedom and intimacy and health in my physical relationship inside of marriage. So and all, all the chemistry thing means is if you have chemistry, all that means is you have chemistry that day. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> if you get married, it's a long time Sure. that there's going to be yeah, seasons so where you're not feeling it. You don't have that chemistry. Right. That's part of being naked with your spouse. It's just like the 
brutal, honest truth of communication and oneness mm -hmm. and togetherness. Right. There's stuff you're going to have to talk about and work through. Like, it doesn't mean a ton that you've got chemistry at one point. Yeah. You might not have it later on down the road. In yeah. fact, I predict there's going to be plenty of moments where you don't and you got to yeah. work through it together. So I, I've known people who had chemistry sexually while they were dating and then they yeah, got and married they got and married. it just like totally. killed it for them. Totally. Mm. Or people who, you know, I mean, it's just, it can go all over the place yes. and we're, we're living, moving beings. There's a lot mentally and emotionally that's going on with us. There's a lot physiologically that's happening to us. We're two people that are constantly changing. So there's a lot there that you just have to keep pressing into it together and in, enjoying each other talking about it a lot and to me it's like it's just it's very important i can't imagine like not being in a covenant with you and yeah. having that conversation right with real honesty and with really like you know yeah. getting into issues and problems how do you do that if you just if you if you aren't convinced this person's not going to walk away right if you don't have that con conviction, you don't know that with certainty, how can you really talk about something that's so intimate of an issue as that? Mm -hmm. So that's my closing thought about that. Mm -hmm. We've already co covered the, the last two quite a bit, but this person asked, do you think people should court instead of date? Uh, according to Oxford Dictionary, <laughs> courting <laughs> is just uh, being involved typically with the intentions of marrying someone, being involved romantically, typically with the intentions of marrying someone. And so, I, yeah, I, th I don't know if they're referring to like old school courting where you like don't go on dates one-on-one -on -one and, and you know. Right, or the like, why I kiss dating goodbye thing. Right, right. That was a whole thing and what, yeah. the early 2000s? Yeah. I don't know. I I feel like the that both those words are so loaded. I don't totally know. Like, well, what does that person mean by courting? And what does that person mean by dating? Yeah. But do I think like spending time with someone, even alone in public spaces and all of that, with the intentionality of discovering if you could or want to be married to this person, I think that is the best way to date or court or whatever but like i don't know the courting thing it's got some weird connotations for yeah, me yeah i feel you i'm just it's it's like what does someone mean by dating what does someone mean by courting you know i use the title exile dating for this message in first peter partly because that's just the vernacular that our culture is going to use more and that people are more familiar with like yeah. i would like to date but i'm not thinking by that like so be like a serial dater just like every <laughs> night of the week be going out with someone new like of yeah. course it's not what I mean by that so it's kind of yeah. like in general my visceral emotional reaction to the courting dating question is kind of like well if you want to court go for it but don't be weird and <laughs> if you want to date then go for it but don't be worldly that's mm. kind of like the way it falls out for me because yeah. it feels like that courting word, like I, I, sure you could do that. You yeah. know, there's great ways to do that. <laughs> sure. But yeah. there's also just super stiff, weird, legalistic, legalistic. You got the ch elders weighing in on the relationship, <laughs> you know, giving permission for date number two, like just weird stuff like that, that two, you know, 28 year old adults are just not gonna 
engage in like mom dad can I go out (laughs) on date number two with Jim Mm -hmm. like I don't know we're just not that's not where we're at I don't think the Bible would mandate that kind of thing Um, but you know whatever if you want to do that then great go for it but I just think but like intentional dating is important and purposeful dating is the goal and like casual just to like I don't know get a free dinner Free dinner, yeah, on the, uh, yeah, or like. I mean, I heard a one pastor who told a guy, you should date 50 people. Oh, that's right. Before you get married. You know, it's like, that's just such stupid counsel. But I don't know. It was just what he thought that guy needed to hear or something. Yeah. Just to like get his, get going in the right direction or something. But, you know, for me, I just, I think you're right. You know, it's like I read Why I Kiss Dating goodbye you know I read that and then we dated (laughs) but there were a lot of principles from that that it was like well that's what I'm doing in dating you know I've got these boundaries I'm being respectful towards her I'm trying to lead it in a way where if this doesn't work out it's not going to be the end of our lives or like we won't be able to look each other in the eye you know kind of thing like there's plenty of great principles from that but it's just hard to know what somebody's referring to but the word courting dating like these aren't bible terms or words they're just cultural things that we mm-hmm. attach stuff to so mm-hmm. be a bible person yeah. meet somebody get married yeah. and then like it's okay if the dating thing if you're dating somebody even for a little while and it doesn't work out yeah like i feel like with courting and this is just, again, like a little bit of a visceral response, but I feel like it puts such a level of seriousness on dating that it's almost like breaking off an engagement. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes you just got to have a minute and get to know a person and you date for a little while. And it's like, you know, I don't have any regrets at the way you treated me or I treated you, but like, this is just, isn't the right fit for us. And that's okay. Yeah. And it's not this like grand drama of, of whatever of the ending the relationship it's okay to date and then break it off even Mm -hmm. if it wasn't for like terrible sin or tons of compromise but just like this isn't working this isn't we're we're not right for each other and we both love Jesus but this isn't right so anyway I do say date with intentionality or purposefulness um but like not so ultra serious that there's no way to end the relationship without like kind of like ending each other's lives. And like, there's all this crazy seriousness to it attached yeah. to it. Yeah. Like I'm just thinking about when our girls get a little bit older, if they came to us and said, mom, dad, I want to, want to start courting this guy. Yeah. I, I would think I'd just get the heebies. I would, I would discourage yeah. it. I'd be yeah. like, can you just like go out yeah. to coffee with him? Yeah. Like play a board game yeah. and see what he's like. Like, the thing that's the thing that's cool about it though is the intentionality yes focus and i think sometimes when people hear the word dating they think like yeah i started doing that in junior high school right not the kind of dating we're talking about no you weren't doing that in junior high you weren't investigating like i wonder if this is like marriage material i wonder if this person like could i spend the rest of my life with them could i be equally yoked with them are they (laughs) solid with finances are they good Mm -hmm. at decision making are they do they have the fear of the lord do i like the trajectory of their life like you're not asking those questions in middle school it's like thank you you know and then you're dating or high school or whatever like we're kind of just like I almost intentionally like when I taught this message I thought like do I want to talk to like high school students and teenagers like do I want to acknowledge them and I just kind of thought like 
No, I don't. I want to set the bar so high. Yeah. Dating, you're you're investigating. That's what it is. The, right. I, I borrowed Jonathan Pakluda's you know statement of like, you're the job interview is not the goal. Yeah. The goal is to get the job. Yeah. Dating <laughs> is the job interview. Marriage is the job. Yeah, I love that. And mm-hmm. so for me, I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna set it up there. And yep. if you're in high school, you're 15 years old, and you think that that's what you're doing, then great. You know, but yeah. I want you to see the seriousness of what I mean when I'm talking about dating. Yeah. So there's some elements of the courting philosophy or perspective, I think, that would be in something that, that is that serious. Yes. So yeah. the intentionality, I think, that we like. So we're, we're kind of just rambling to get around I to know. answering this question. But And then I just say, like, with so if you don't want to be that serious, just, like, make some friends and hang yeah. out with people in groups. Like if you don't want, you're not at a place in life where there's like intentionality, where you're willing to be intentional, purposeful, thoughtful in a dating relationship, but you still like just go hang out with a bunch of friends of the opposite sex and like enjoy their company and enjoy what they bring to the table and enjoy the group dynamic. And like, because if you're not ready for that, that's fine. But just like go hang out with a bunch of friends then, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want people to miss that. I, I've, I'm an awkward person. So I, <laughs> coming out of Bible college, I just remember, or when I started dating someone in Bible college, I remember being like, first date, we were at In-N-Out. And I was just like, so I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do this, and we need to oh, get married wow. within a year. You know, I yeah. just felt like I needed to set it really clear, mm-hmm. really quickly, and like because it felt like the pressure of marriage had to be on the table, you know? And... I just wish I would have not done that because I do think it kind of was like, whoa, okay, yeah, I have to be serious about this. And it puts a level of pressure that God is not even wanting you to to do that. I think actually dating is a good chance to deepen your relationship with God, to really trust him, to really be in tune with his spirit, to walk in like with the Lord through it. And God's going to give you grace if you break up and he's going to give you the right words to break up. And uh, if if it is healthy dating and you're at a healthy church, like it won't be terrible, you know, yeah. at your church. Not that it won't that. hurt sometimes, not that it won't, hurt. Not yeah, that there won't be, be like ripple effects, but yeah. 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 Like it's a friendship that, you know, is going through a breakup and that's going right. to be hard. But um, yeah, the pressure of marriage just doesn't need to be there from the onset. But the intention yeah. is, good, is good. Is really good. Yeah. Really important. Yeah. Well, I think we should just wrap up. And um, if you guys have any last thoughts about hmm. like dating advice or anything that you want to say to the person out there that is in the middle of their singleness and dating. And, and we, we didn't say this, but I think Nate said this in his teaching. Like, you don't have to date if you're single. Like, it's not a requirement. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to get married. Yeah, so just, yeah. totally. <laughs> Probably yeah, should have said that at the beginning. Yeah. I've tried to teach about that plenty of times, you know, right. in the church. I'm, I'm sure I could teach about it even more, but I try yeah. to even mention that at the outset of this particular message, not this podcast, but yes. this particular message that mm-hmm. we're reflecting on. But uh, yeah, you know, some people feel a calling towards singleness. Some people mm-hmm. feel that calling towards singleness for a season of time. Obviously, if you are single, God has a calling of singleness on your life, at least for some period of time. 
and embracing that and you know really mm-hmm. being a good steward of that season of your life it's a great season of life even if yeah. it's a forever season it can be such a beautiful reflection of god his gospel what it means to flourish as a human but i think for us you know as people like we just would love to close by just saying that we we love people and we love all the people in this church who are you know our church family mm-hmm. who you're trying to figure this out we're yeah. praying for you yeah. we love you we know that this is not super easy or linear there's not just like this form that you fill out totally. and then you're just like on the track you know towards <clears throat> getting married we know that it's really challenging and we know that the culture is not making it any easier on you that you have it in so many ways worse than it's harder than what we experienced when we were coming up and we're just praying for you you Mm -hmm. know like we just love you so much and uh, know that it can be challenging Mm -hmm. and so you know we hope that we can you know help you and set a good tone and have a great environment here in the church where you feel free to seek the Lord and grow without pressure you know, to be married or go to some next stage or something like that, but to just be you and grow in him. But we also hope and pray that for those who would like to be married, they feel the Lord's putting that on their heart or it's just a desire they have. We're praying for you that God answers that prayer, that he opens that door in his time. Mm-hmm. And we just would encourage you to keep growing in Jesus, yeah. become the best version of yourself that you can be the most sanctified holy fearing god set apart for him person that you can be and let the lord take care of the rest but we we were just praying before we came in and just talking about how we just you know we love you guys and we hope and pray that you really are able to do well yeah but we know it's a challenge and hard yeah i think uh, another thing i would say is that um if you, I think the single years can be hard in, um, your, in like finding your identity and when there's like breakups or you're not getting asked out or there's just so much like personal, um, rejection that can happen or vulnerability that's a part of that whole season. Like, why am I not getting asked out? Why are girls always turning me down? Why did this relationship end and this relationship end? There's just so much personal vulnerability. And so really pressing into your relationship with the Lord. Um, We just had an amazing women's conference where Julie Slattery taught on your finding your identity, hiding in the Lord, those kinds of things. It's not just to like get you through singleness. It's actual truth for marrieds and singles that we all need to embrace, but it can be a real help, a real like, oh, it, um, in some of those parts of living a single life that can feel hard and very vulnerable and just challenging. So I think pressing into finding your identity in the Lord and what that can look like for you. And again, if you want to listen to the Calvary Monterey women's conference podcast, or not podcast, uh, teachings that are up there, it might even be an equipping time for you to kind of relearn how to do that. But yeah, the best advice I got was actually from you, Christina. Oh, okay. It shifted, uh, at least my, um, uh, pursuit of dating, I guess I would say, because I was kind of like, do I need to be doing something to like, 
get like to date, you know, do I need to put myself out there more? Do I need to, you know, do all these things? And then we were actually talking about body image, but Mm. I've applied the advice to dating. You said, um, it comes from the verse where God is talking about that. He's the giver of good gifts. Mm -hmm. And you said, if it's a good gift, I have to believe God would give it to me. Right. And so I've just viewed that, or I've taken that advice, uh, with a husband. Like if I'm supposed, or even dating, if I'm supposed to go on a date, if it's going to be a good thing for me, I believe God is the giver of good gifts and that he would give that to me in the right time. And, and so with the husband too, like if that's the best thing that God has for me, if that's his good gift for me, Mm -hmm. it's going to come to me. Mm -hmm. And that's just kind of like allowed me to relax a little bit, to lean into the Lord and to trust him. And, um, and then the other uh, advice that Nate gave was just like for me as a woman is yeah can I follow this man because I think sometimes especially for me um, being a leader in our church like feeling like I have a pretty solid walk with the Lord and um, I can be like do I need to tone down my godliness mm. <laughs> do I need to tone down my desire for the Lord my desire for ministry because I don't want to and I don't you know Mm-hmm. it's like sometimes the advice I've been given is like you t- you're gonna be a pastor's wife it's just so clear so evident <laughs> you like to teach the bible he's gonna teach the bible you guys are just gonna- wow and it's just like no I just need to find I I don't need to find anyone but God's gonna bring me someone that I can follow right and if I can't follow him in the things of the Lord with ministry like I don't I don't want to I don't want that because yeah. I want to the goal in my life is to finish well, to endure, to last long. So, um, yeah, just thank you both for modeling yeah. that for us in our church. And I do, yeah, it's a, it's a tough thing, but, but God's with us in it, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, and then the last thing I'll say is just this quote by Philisha Masonheimer. What a name. Yeah. <laughs> but she says the best, and this is what we've been saying this whole time and what Nate's teaching is about, but the best preparation for marriage is your simple obedience to God's will for your life today. Yeah. So. That's good. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks, it's been Tate. fun. Yeah. Thanks, Tate. Wow, wow, wow. What a way to wrap up the second part of this dating series. I hope that you've been blessed through all these these different conversations surrounding relationships that you're strengthened that you're encouraged for what God could do in your relationship and what you can bring to the table to bless someone in your life if you listen to this podcast and you felt like man I just got to talk to someone about my dating relationship I have more questions I need more counsel then please reach out to us over Instagram over our website we'd love to get you connected to pastor or a counselor that can help you answer some more of your questions and walk through a bit of your relationship with you. But church, we're praying for you. We love you. And we believe that God wants to build your relationships for his glory and each other's benefit. Have a great week and be blessed.